Here we are with an all-new episode of Dirtcast. I am your host, Madeline Davies. I am your other host, Megan Reynolds. And today, we're getting a little groovy in the studio. Oh, we are. Some shoulders sure. might be bopping. Some, some, not all. You know, maybe some shimmies. P- perhaps. Because we are going to be talking about the song of the summer. <gasps> Woo! Music, and joining us, yay. our very own music elite. Yes. We have Hazel Sills and Clover Hope, both of our very own Jezebel.com. I can't say off the top of my head when, like, Madonna's Holiday came out, but I know that in my heart, it is a song (laughs) of the summer, (laughs) of any summer. Right, right. Megan. Yes, Maddie. How was your Memorial Day? Oh, my goodness. I had... This is a leading question. It is. I had a very eventful Memorial Day. I attended the wedding of my friend from college, Andrew, and his lovely new husband, Alexander. Um, It was great. I was in Virginia City, Nevada, which is like 40 minutes outside of Reno. It is an old mining town. It looks like the set of Westworld. It was really, it was a fun wedding. There was a rainbow right after the ceremony, which was really cute. Did they dress up in Western garb to get married? They were wearing really nice blue jeans, boots, uh, some sort of button-down shirt, a vest, and then they had like bespoke hats. Oh my God. (laughs) It was in an opera house in this really beautiful opera house in the center of town. I stayed in a saloon that was supposed to be haunted. Mm -hmm. I did not know because every time I went to sleep, I was bone tired and like probably like a little too stoned. I just, every time I fell asleep, I was like out as if I I was dead. A ghost is like, wake up. Yeah, no. So many things could have happened to me while I was slumbering. But no, I believe I'm unscathed. For the most part. That's great. Or maybe you're possessed and you just didn't know. That's true. That could be why I feel this way. I think a ghost would have more energy than you do. I would assume (laughs) so. (laughs) I could really just lay down on the sidewalk for like five hours and be so happy. Yeah. How was your Memorial Day weekend? I went and saw Book Club. Oh my God, how was it? I really want to see it. I was so charmed. Really? Yes. Good. For people who don't know, Book Club is about a A group of women in their 60s and 70s mm-hmm. who have been in a book club since college. Pretty cute. Um, and they decide to read Fifty Shades of Grey. We started this book club to stimulate our minds. Well, from what I hear, this book is quite stimulating. Oh, God. It's Jane Fonda, Diane Keaton, Mary Steenburgen, and mm-hmm. Candace Bergen. That's an amazing ensemble yeah, and they of women. are all adorable. I mean, Diane Keaton is just playing Diane Keaton. She has, she's, I don't know if she's ever done anything other than that. Yeah, she's honestly. like a lot of like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like hats. But what I liked about it is that it's like, it could be really condescending about older women's sexuality, mm-hmm. but it like takes, it's a comedy, but it like doesn't mock these women mm-hmm. in that. Like there's one, like Candace Bergen has a cat that is like, lethargic and it's sort of like supposed to be like a metaphor for her her badge subtle yeah really subtle i mean there's a line where the vet goes i see you have a lethargic pussy oh so it's like my god oh not subtle at all (laughs) that's enough but for the most part it's like treats these women with a lot of respect that's great you know and there was no just like ah lube you know like there wasn't just like terrible jokes like that that you would expect right so that's the one thing that i that's, that's like remarkable from this weekend. That's that sounds really that sounds really amazing. Mine was, you know, seeing like seeing a donkey who I mean, had that's also amazing. He had six American flags on his body. 
It's like too much. We could have done with like three. Or one. Or one. He was very patriotic. I mean, if there's any animal more American. It's a donkey. <laughs> I think maybe we should just get into the dirtiest dirt. If you insist. I fucking insist. Harvey Weinstein turned himself in. Friday morning. Friday morning. The New York district attorney issued a warrant for his arrest. Mm -hmm. He turned himself in Friday morning. Mm -hmm. He, just being the worst man, Mm -hmm. carried a copy of Elia Kazan's biography. Oh, my God. Uh, what a, which was very intentional because Ilya Kazan, for listeners who don't know, during the Red Scare in the 50s, oh, yes. he named a lot of artists to be communists. He named them, like, during a hearing and ruined their careers. Gotcha. And so I think it's sort of like an allusion to, like, this being a similar witch hunt. Oh, my God. Or you could think about how he's maybe Ilya Kazan and he ruined a ton of careers by being a fucking asshole. There are many ways to look at it, I suppose. That's great. Well, he's apparently, he's out already. He's out on $1 million bail, Mm -hmm. which one, it's insane, like, considering how many lawsuits he's facing and, like, the Weinstein company is facing that, like, he just has that. But, I mean, the man has made so much money over yeah. the course of his fucking career. Like, but I thought he was, like, going to declare bankruptcy. I think if you are ter- if you have been as terrible as he is for so long, part of you must know that, like, one day, eventually, this will bite you in the ass. And then you, like, set aside. You, like, funnel a fund. Like, I'm in trouble fund. Yeah. One person who actually was doing their due diligence mm. as a reporter yes. was the New York Times' Jody Cantor, nice. who is one of the co-authors who broke the Weinstein story. Right. And she was there, and one of the quotes she tweeted from Harvey Weinstein's attorney was, the casting couch was not invented by Mr. Weinstein. Which is just like, no, well, I think she wrote, like, that's your defense? Like, excuse me? I mean, I it know. wasn't, but— Okay. Who, yeah, I don't no know. No one was asking. Who sir? cares? The fuck out of here. I don't oh, know. God. But he's grody. Um, he's grody. He's back on the streets. Cool. But he's the, they have his passport. Okay. So. so he can't like run away to Monaco or whatever, wherever no. he may go. No, to whatever cave he, he wished he, to scurry into. He likely has like to. a panic cave for yeah. that goes with his panic, like with his panic fund. Yeah. But oh. when do you think that would be like in New Zealand with the rest of the billionaires? Oh, true. He just funnels through the earth to get there. Yes, yes. Yeah. They the, the tunnel, the elevator has shown up, and he will just <laughs> – it will be really fun. Another bad man, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Okay. <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. Uh, do you want to do the whole March of the Penguins for me instead the of March Dirtcast? of the Penguins. I will just listen to you narrate the entire film from memory. How is that? Does that sound like that? Him? Yeah, totally. <laughs> really solid Morgan Freeman imitation. Impersonation, excuse me. Yeah, come on. He, I believe this happened last week on Thursday. He was accused of sexual harassment and being sexually inappropriate with eight women. I believe one was like a CNN anchor. CNN reporter. She's the co-reporter on the story. That's right. Um, Who says that he 
was inappropriate with her while she was pregnant. As soon as I walked in the room, he began to make sexually suggestive comments. And as an entertainment reporter for over a decade, it was unlike anything that I've ever experienced. And one of those comments was caught on tape, Don. In it, he says to me, boy, do I wish I was there while looking me up and down. I was six months pregnant at the time. And his co-stars, Alan Arkin and Michael Caine, are actually seated right next to him during this exchange with me, and they actually look at him. Uh, we're going to play that clip, and I want you all to take note of Freeman's eyes. One time I, I congratulated the woman on being pregnant, and she wasn't. Um, and so I've never done it again. CNN For 50 years, I've never done it. You've learned your lesson. I learned my lesson. Um, this, do I wish I was there. Uh, and like, just like, like her verbally harassing, not physically with her, I don't think, right? Which is like funny that that's like the bar we have now. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just, like, has a history of being really like uh, sexually explicit with women when right. talking to them. Right. Um, and then one woman who worked on a set with him said that he tried to, like, reach up her skirt to see if she was wearing underwear. Sure. Yeah, it's one of those ones that, like, I know, like, some people were like, not Morgan Freeman. But I was like, one, I really think, like, the reaction when someone gets accused of sexual harassment in some way, mm -hmm. the reaction of like, no, not blank, mm -hmm. is like really unhealthy and damaging to the victims mm -hmm. because it almost puts a level of guilt onto them. The of victim. Like, yeah, of yeah. like ruining this like, I don't know, like this a pillar's beloved. reputation right. by coming forward. Sure. And also it's like the sympathy you are putting out there is sympathy for yourself because this person you propped up for some reason, mm -hmm. for some ridiculous reason, mm -hmm. didn't prove to be like the good man that you thought he was. Right. As opposed to just being like, wow, Morgan Freeman's an asshole mm -hmm. who sexually harassed all of these women. Right. Fuck him. Sorry for those women. Right. And it just is something I feel like I've been seeing a lot during the Me Too movement is like people being like so saddened and horrified, which I get because again, like we project a lot on the celebrities. Yeah. But at the same time, like grow up. So Arrested Development, the fifth season, is now out on Netflix. And so everyone has been doing a lot of press, blah, 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 etc. Jeffrey Tambor has been a large issue because of the allegations against him. From the transparent set. From the transparent set, not from the Arrested Development set. So they, um, the cast did an interview with the New York Times. During the interview, there is audio, and um, Jessica Walter, who plays Lucille Bluth, a fantastic Jessica, a Walter. fantastic Jessica Walter. Are the, I guess they're kind of gaslighting her into believing that like Tambor didn't yell at her on set, such that she started crying. Like she starts crying when she tells the story again. Basically, Jeffrey Tambor during an interview with, I believe, the Hollywood Reporter. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. He told an anecdote about screaming at Jessica Walter right. on the set of Arrest Development at right. one point. Um, Jessica Walter never brought this up. Right. Then during this New York Times interview, the interviewer was like, hey, like, we kind of have to address the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Tambor, you're facing these allegations. Mm -hmm. You have admitted to having an anger problem on set. 
Can people comment on that? Yeah. Immediately, all of the men of Arrest Development rushed to his defense. So it's David Cross, Jason Bateman. Um, Was yeah. Tony Hill there? Tony Hill, Will Arnett. He, like, didn't really say anything, but he mm. also didn't say anything. He was just, like, silent. Um, yeah. And so, basically, they kind of were like, look, man, like, we're a family, and this type of thing happens when you're in families. You get into fights. Mm. You get into arguments. Mm. But Jessica Walter says, no one has ever spoken to me like that on a set before. Um, and Jason Bateman keeps saying, well, not to excuse anything, but, mm. and then, like, making these. Right. Making these, like, kind of grand statements of, like, why, like, we've all yelled at Jessica at some point. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Um, the only person who stands up for her is Alia Shawkat. Yeah. Who says, like, there's no excuse for that. Right. Thank you, Alia. Thank you. <laughs> at one point, Jessica Walter breaks down in tears. That's right. And she says, I am not the one who told this story. I am not the one who did this. Right. I would rather just, like, bury it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really painful for me. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I have to forgive you, Jeffrey, because I have to— Like, move on. —keep working with you. And, right. Restore, you know, restore our, Yeah, restore our friendship. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor's response is like, absolutely, which is just insane. And basically all of the—like, everyone is like, look, the reason why it's okay that Jeffrey Tambor is still in this cast is because mm-hmm. he's really working to evolve. Right. And it's also just like— Says who? You? Like, what? what is the proof? It's a big mess. And then the next day, Jason Bateman, I think, oh, tweeted. heard how, how horrible he sounded. Yeah. And tweeted an apology to Jessica Walter and used a lot of phrases like, I'm sorry for mansplaining and yeah. gaslighting and right. all of this. And as far as celebrity apologies go, it was, like, fairly sincere. But right. at the same time, it's just like... I mean, I guess, again, it's, like, status quo. Yeah. I was going to say, what makes you think you can defend someone like that right. in that room? But it's just, like, well, there's never been anything that said that people couldn't before. Right. So. I mean, I think the bar is so low for an apology at this point that, like, if anyone just even deigns to say that they're sorry in a public forum, everyone's like, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, which is so ridiculous. It's, I mean, it's better than nothing, I suppose, but it's like you shouldn't have done the thing in the first place. It made you had to fucking apologize. So it's like a whole thing. I, like, believe it or not, I know, like, critics of Jezebel would not believe it. Okay. I am a big believer in redemption. That's true. And I believe in people fixing their mistakes. Mm-hmm. But you have to actively fix them before yeah. you can be forgiven. That's you true. Know, that I don't like true. the thing of like, I'm sorry, you have to forgive me. It's like, no, you have to kind of go through the evolution. That was a good Sex in the City quote. <laughs> I'm what? sorry, you have to forgive me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Carrie's screaming at Aiden before, oh, God, sorry. No, no <laughs> it's fine. I just recently saw that. You have to forgive me, Aiden. You have to forgive me. You have to forgive me. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so it's like you have to you have to take the steps to be forgiven. You yeah. don't get to just demand it. And then if someone doesn't give it to you, say, well, I apologize. Yeah. I did my part. Yeah, yeah. Also, no one has to forgive you. No, forgiveness is not a requirement. It's so. just something nice that happens sometimes. I'm going to pivot out of depressing... I believe a television program that marks the beginning of summer has started. It is The Bachelorette. Yes. Premiered last on Monday. Featuring um, the scorned Becca. Scorned Becca. After everything I've been through, there's a huge fear that I could have what happened with Ari happen again. 
but right now I'm only looking ahead and only looking at the future because I'm serious to find love. As listeners, viewers of The Bachelorette, et cetera, will remember, Becca and Ari had that, like, bad encounter. Ari, the Ari, last Bachelor. Yeah, the um, dick. Who is just, like, I don't know. He's just, like, a beige. Like, you know, like, if you're, like, swatching foundation. Yes. And you just smeared he's it. He's, like, the middle. Yeah. That's what Ari looks yeah, like. he's, like, a bad foundation swatch. With, like, red undertones. Yes. He originally picked Becca. Right. And then he was, like, oh, I fucked up. I really want to date Lauren. Which led to, like, one of the most painful breakups. Awful. Uh, to ever be seen on television. Mm-hmm. Um, it lasted so long. It was really bad. Yeah. It was, like, deeply painful. Not great. Obviously, Becca was, like, so pissed. Of course. He just is kind of sitting there, like, kind of expecting her to be like, it's okay. Right. <laughs> like, go follow right. your heart. And right. she does not give that to him. Right. Embarrassing. <laughs> I wanted to tell you in person and I wanted it because I felt like it would be good for us to talk about this now and not have to face going on after the final rose and and well this also should have happened this you shouldn't have gotten down on one knee ultimately and this is the argument he makes in this GQ interview that just mm-hmm. got published uh, which was uh, conducted by Rebecca Nelson mm-hmm. he makes the argument that he did Becca a favor which I agree. I think the best outcome yeah. if you go on that show is that you get picked to be the next Bachelor or Bachelorette. Yeah, it's true. That um, is true. Also, she doesn't have to date Ari. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and she like doesn't have to be engaged to fucking Ari. So that's um, cool for her. But this interview like <clears throat> takes a very crazy turn. Let me just read the quote for everybody. Yeah. Of the breakup, it was completely edited, Ari says. I was told to stay on that couch. I tried to leave, and then production was like, you need to go back inside. She's finally calming down. I feel like you owe it to her to have this conversation. So then I went back in the house. The interviewer asks, really? You tried to leave and they wouldn't let you? He responds, yeah, I left. I came back. I stepped away from the couch. I went back to the couch. And then she explains, but they kept talking him into staying. They cut out, obviously, production talking to me from 10 feet away, he says, and calling it unedited was super unfair to me, which (laughs) was it also like, dude, you've been on multiple seasons of reality TV. You know how this shit works. Also, I don't think people didn't know that. That what? Like that it was like a production thing. Oh, right. No, I, I you mean, see, you see you the see camera them, crew yeah, filing in because there's like mirrors everywhere. Um, so I don't really know if that's like a defense to be like editing. No, I don't think it is at all. It says in here. So he broke up with Becca, and even though the season had ended and cameras were no longer required to document their every relationship move, he invited the Bachelor crew to film the breakup, and then he proposed to Lauren. Yeah. Which is like, he, I just, this franchise will never end, probably. No, people love it. Yeah. There is an insane follow-up in the GQ story Mm. where Nelson says that she's like, she came away from this interview really liking Ari. But then... (laughs) So she writes, I was driving back to my Airbnb from Ari's condo when I get a text from him. I've just interviewed Lauren one-on-one, and it was a difficult conversation. I asked her about what it was like when Ari broke up with her. Mm -hmm. Her response, I was just really confused. Her family's reaction to taking him back, her response, my dad was a little concerned at first about him changing his mind again. Sure. 
and whether or not she was hurt that he'd initially proposed to someone else. She says, people make mistakes, and he said he would spend the rest of his life making it up to me. I also asked her about Becca's comment on the finale that she would challenge him a lot more than Lauren and that Becca, unlike Lauren, would really want to be in an equal partnership. She and Ari didn't watch the finale, so this was the first time she'd heard the comment. Yikes. They have this interview. They then were planning to meet up again um, at a go-karting track. (laughs) As Uh, you do. So she was like, they hugged goodbye and was heading back. And then she gets this text from Ari. I don't know how the conversation went on your end, but Lauren is really upset, Ari wrote. I agreed to do this because I believed it would be positive and shed light on who I am. And in no way did I want to make Lauren upset. I think our interview is done. Uh, um, uh, it's going. Oh. In subsequent texts, he told me uh, our time together felt like a tabloid interview and that he would have ABC reach out to my editor. I've come to really like Ari over my two days eating and house hunting with him in Scottsdale, so his unceremonious about face catches me about, uh, off guard. Mm. He eventually refused to participate further in the story, canceling a planned photo shoot. Suffice to say, I did not receive a rose. <laughs> oh my God. He's, ugh, he's garbage. Also, just like, so that's gross. Like, I would, that's, that's all I have to say. Gross. Really upsetting. Whatever. So, watch The Bachelorette. Enjoy your 26 year old bride, you old creep. I am thrilled and excited and happy to be sitting here with our two guests, Jezebel's very own pop cultural reporter, Hazel Sills, and Jezebel's very own culture editor, Clover Hope. We are going to be talking about the song of the freaking summer. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. A lot of of culture in this room. Many culture. All the culture. Fine culture. (laughs) Yes. Fine culture. Intellectuals, you might say. Oh. (laughs) I would... Say that definitely. At a recent in a recent post, Hazel signed it off by saying, "I am an intellectual." <laughs> yeah, I love that post, um, which was very funny, especially because a lot of the comments were like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> they took it seriously." <laughs> well, she is. Um, so you are an intellectual. You Hazel. are both of you. Don't let anybody take that away from you. I will start with this first very loose, open-ended question for everybody in the room. What do you think makes a song a song of summer? Okay, so I have thought about this for centuries. Well, like decades. (laughs) Clover's very Um, old. Wow, Hazel, thank you. Clover just like gave it away that she is a witch. I'm not who she says she is. Um, (laughs) So basically, like um, my like main criteria for like a song of the summer is whether I can envision it playing at a backyard party. Mm Backyard barbecue or just, like, a barbecue on the beach Mm -hmm. or something. Like, if it has a light feel, a a fun vibe, a mood that's like, let's just stand here and (laughs) feel the breeze on our backs. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love it. Yeah, it's just like a mood kind of that. I mean, like, when you hear a song of the summer, you're like, that's summer. Yeah, I feel like it's a song that you're going to hear blasting out of people's cars all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost like everyone knows it so well that it's basically like background noise yeah. in the city. You're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that song right. every day 
also, I mean, I agree with both of those points, but I think it's also one that you'll hear not only just at the beach or like out of someone's car, but like you'll hear it at Dwayne Reed. You'll hear it at the grocery store. You'll hear it on the radio a lot. It will just be like, if the song is on in any group situation, even if it is not people that you know, two to five people will be singing along regardless. Kind of the soundtrack of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. For (laughs) three to four short months. When you're buying deodorant. Yes. When you're like, it'll be there. Yeah. It's nice. It's supporting you, like looking for the tampons, whatever. (laughs) I similarly thought that it's like the song that you will hear coming out of cars all summer. Um, It's like a song you can associate with like, kids like cracking open a fire hydrant and like the smell of like wet pavement and mm-hmm. heat. That sounds um, nice. It's also a song that I feel like you in looking back like can't forget. Mm-hmm. You can't untangle it from your memories of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like a classic airworm song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There are some that probably go outside of that criteria, I guess. But yeah, most of them are like you can't get this song out of your head. I mean, the one song that I'm thinking of specifically is Bodak Yellow. I don't dance now, I make money move. Say I don't gotta dance, I make money move. Because I I remember there was one point when I was at the beach last summer and a group of girls over here was playing it. And then like another group over here was playing it at like a different, they had just started it a little later. It was like a round of Bodak Yellow, <laughs> but I was not, like I was in the middle of all of it. And it just felt, I was like any other song I would have been annoyed, but I was just like, ah, yes, this is how it should be. This is perfect. It's so nice. I have like a similar memory from Azalea Banks 212. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I can be the answer. I'm ready to dance when the vamp up. And when I hit that dip, get your camera. Just like sitting on a street in Brooklyn and just like hearing it constantly in passing cars. And that song is... Very good. <laughs> it is very good. There are certain, I think, like, I'm summer music or, like, critic. <laughs> songs of the summer that they're the ones that, like, are super mainstream. Like, they're all over the charts and radio. And um, then there are kind of the ones, like, kind of 2 and 2 where it's, like, everyone knows it. It's popular. It might not be, you know, like, a number one song or anything. But it's there's, like, a quintessential kind of, like, summer feel to it. And so it ends up like kind of like being like one of those songs mm-hmm. that you just hear all the t- you heard all the time like at that point. I also love it when it sort of comes from someone that maybe you haven't heard before like Trap Queen where it just oh, kind yeah. of like yeah. took over the entire summer and I just feel like everyone really loved it. And then there's like they're not always good. Like, oh, that's yeah. true. I feel like that's I also like cannot disassociate Gautier's somebody that I used to know <laughs> oh, with, oh, with this like God. one Why summer where I had to like <laughs> I had to go I don't know. I would always go get my lunch at like the Whole Foods buffet and every single time without a doubt what I remember is that song and then the air conditioning being too cold <laughs> and me feeling like my nippies were showing. Right. Like, <laughs> so it's like, nice. that is where I am. It's just like, ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Ed Sheeran, obviously. Shape of, et cetera. Mm. Ginger demon. Ginger demon. (laughs) It's true. I'm in love with the shape of you. We push and pull like a magnet. Although my heart is falling too. I'm in love with your body. 
got to a point with that song where I was like, I think after the like, I don't know, 775th like hearing of it, I was like, okay, whatever. I just like submitted. You submitted to end it. up singing along to it. Yeah, like, like again, you're like fine. at the grocery store, like whatever. You like forgot your headphones. Plus, it was such a big part of that soundtrack, Shape Wait. of Water. Oh my god! <laughs> I was yeah. like, <laughs> goodbye. Excuse <Girl>. me. <laughs> um, it Every was... night when you're in my tub, and <laughs> <laughs> my bed sheets smell like fish. Ew! <laughs> You've been. Have you been holding that inside you um, for like, like a now? year? <laughs> no, I mean like... while watching Shape of Water, I was singing that. I'm in love with the shape of water. So I feel like we've already nailed, like, the vibe of what a song of summer is. How much do you think, like, charts matter, though? Like, is a song that would be near the top of, like, the Billboard Hot 100 or something, would that be a song of summer because of its location in the chart? Or does a song, like, come from under and then take over and then that makes it I think charts matter a lot to me when I'm— Trying to think of, like, what the song of the summer— I just feel like if a song is insanely, immensely popular, Mm, it's already in the top of the charts. But I don't necessarily think just because a song is in the top of the charts, Mm -hmm. it's a song of the summer. Cool. Despacito, for example, was, was, I think, technically the song of last summer. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the one that got the most radio play. It's the one that got the most downloads, that type of thing. And that was sort of a surprise in that it was like a Spanish and English uh, mix, which doesn't usually happen as mm. far as like big hits go. Right. Um, so there was kind of that whole surprise. Like I know we do this annual posts that I dread every single year <laughs> where we Art. each have to name the song of the summer. <laughs> it's Clover's fault. And well, no, I always get on it too late and so all of the songs have been taken. You get like Adele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, known for her summer banger. But like Adele. Adele's like 21, not yeah. even the new one. Um, yeah, but like I think last year Julian was like just right up Despacito. Mm. And I think I was like, it okay. And then it won. <laughs> And I am a winner. (laughs) Yeah. And that one was kind of, um, I agree that, like, it doesn't have to be, um, like, at the top. And kind of sometimes it happens both ways where there will be a song at the top of the chart that maybe not necessarily everyone loves, but then you just keep hearing it and it's like, all right, I'll take it, whatever. Like this works. (laughs) Or something like like Shape of You, Mm -hmm. I guess. Shape of what? No. Shape of water. Wa- Thank you. Water. Oh, oh. <laughs> water. <laughs> um, I'm from New York. She is. Means. It's true. Um, so I say water. <laughs> like a normal person. Yeah. And sometimes there's like the Cardi version where it's like it wills itself into like becoming like mm-hmm. a song that everyone adores and like loves during the summer. And Fancy was one. Oh, yeah. Um, that I did not like. And then I was just kind of like, 
okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. I'll sing this hook. I think it can go like both ways, basically. Like organic or just kind of like programmed. <laughs> I mean, right. it's also, I think it's really hard to kind of split the difference. Like you have to be really savvy about marketing to be able to say it's one or the other. True. When usually it's like such an intense mix of both. I mean, and it's like, I think we have like new players kind of entering the scene via SoundCloud or whatever, mm-hmm. or even like via, I think like Cardi via Instagram which are sort of like they're the wild cards and the outliers. But I don't think that like people who market them are stupid. You know, they know know what they're doing. I do think that maybe before like years ago, it wasn't so much about the charts. Like I'm thinking of like Summertime, Jazzy Jeff. Oh, right. I wasn't, like, paying attention to the charts no. then. Maybe that's why. But, like, it just was, like, the song of the summer. Like, to me, that's, like, actually the, t- like, prototypical, like, song of the summer. As far as, like, sound and everything. It has summer in the title. Yep. Like, Check. Like, when I was younger, I didn't really think about, like, charts. It was just like, oh, I keep hearing this song. It's, like, the summer anthem, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's just, like, streaming and everything. Like, people just are much more aware, I think. Yeah, like I don't, I can't say off the top of my head when like Madonna's Holiday came out, but I know that in my heart it is a song (laughs) of the summer, (laughs) of any summer. Right, right. Yeah, are there some songs that just sort of like outside of time constraints, like as when they were released, charts, bullshit, outside of that, that just feel very like, summary to you guys on like a personal level for any like any song for any reason I feel like for me it's always I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow it's just like a good summer song and like when do you listen to that song if you're not like by a pool well, that, that is drum, true like the, yeah. the drum beat is so good yeah so, okay, let's talk about this summer, 2018. What do you guys, what are your feelings on what will be or should be? I think what will and should be is Cardi B's. I like it. Agreed. Like, as soon as I heard it on the album, I mm-hmm. was like, this is going to be everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it already is. Yeah. In the You know, it's, like, fun and kind of, like, pumps you up, Yeah, basically. <laughs> you can kind of, like, just have it on. Yeah, and it's not, like, a necessary, like, call to, like— a, not, it's not, like, a call to the dance floor, like, some other mm-hmm. summer— so, Like, it's a very good, like, background sort of jam. I get that. I think it's also a dance floor number, though. It yeah, is a dance definitely. floor number, but yeah. it's not one that, like, automatically right. propels you to, you know, throw your drink aside and run. <laughs> it's not like an intimidating song to dance yes. to yes. as someone who cannot dance. Oh. <laughs> I would be excited if that came on. <laughs> you can, like, sway. Yeah, you can do, like, a very simple two-step, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> I think it should. It deserves it based only. I just love the Balenciaga line. <laughs> but like, oh, like the ones like Balenciaga is the one that looked like socks. <laughs> She's good. So many good lines. Any other nominations aside from Cardi? 
I mean, not to anger you, Megan. I love to be angry, so please. I think, like, nice for what? Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Everybody get your motherfucking roll on. I don't show you and she doesn't want no slow song. I agree. Why does that anger you? Megan doesn't like it for some reason. No, I get like the like, I not that I don't like it. The but like, I see you, girl. Oh, the pandering. The pandering. <laughs> and then also it like, it's Drake doing like bounce music. Mm. That's makes me annoyed. But it's okay. I like it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like, like it. I listen it, to that song probably at least once a day just to like feel my life. It's yeah. good, but and, and I like Drake, but I kind of want someone to, like, have their summer moment. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Why I associate— <laughs> I just associate so many songs of, of the summers with him. With Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, I think Big Free is doing fine. She's doing fine. <laughs> I got really math lady meme this summer. Yeah. <laughs> I call it the math lady meme. I know Hopefully what you're talking you about. You guys know what yes. I'm I have no idea. The— <laughs> Yes, you do. The one isn't like a, it's like a soap opera. Star, I think so. Yeah, she Brazilian like soap Roberts opera a star bit. with like the white numbers and symbols. And she's squinting a she's little. She's like trying to figure something out. Like she's solving a complicated. And math there's like problem. long division happening around her. And like I'll just. You're <laughs> okay. saying she's the song of the summer. No, I'm just saying kidding. I got very much like that meme this summer. Choosing the song of the summer for the post we're gonna mm. do. And I was thinking that One Kiss by Dua Lipa and Calvin Harris would oh. be a strong contender. One kiss is all it takes. Falling in love with me. Possibilities. I look like all you Dua Lipa is just like insanely popular. Like I always forget Everywhere. how popular yeah. she is. Yeah. And the song jumped like 10 places in the top 40 last week. So when you when Clover sent out the email, mm-hmm. I was like... I guess I'll place my bet on this song. Good calculating. Good. <laughs> good but it's like, it's definitely really catchy. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if I heard it everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's got a fun summery vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I'm, it, it could completely fail and tumble off the charts. I think it probably, I don't think it will, but <laughs> I, I appreciate that's good. Nice to have that. <laughs> counter my calculating yeah <laughs> i love it um hazel's like drawing on her windows with a yeah. eraser marker if it has this beat on it and this singer i was like that's a sharpie <laughs> hazel clover thank you so much for being here thank you for having me thank you Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast, and thank you to Clover Hope and Hazel Sills. Our show is produced by Levi Sharp. Madana Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. This episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think? Hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts.